here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Shake Them Ropes, episode 49. Rob McCarran here. Thank you for making us a part of your day. Welcome to Shake Them Ropes. We'll be joined by Jeff Hawkins in just one moment. Today we are going to discuss Raw from this week, Raw from Liverpool, which is not Vince McMahon's favorite place, apparently. Talk about uh, some of the things going on in WWE on the Road to Survivor Series. We'll talk about NXT this week and the debut of Finn Balor. And we will get into Jim Ross coming back to wrestling play-by-play. At the end of the show, we'll be joined by Chris DiPetrillo, who is the chief marketing officer of Figures Toy Company. He'll be on to tell us a little bit about ROH and their deal with Figures Toy Company to produce figures, toys, accessories, championship belts, all of that jazz. We're going to be joined by him. He's going to have some cool information for us on Ring of Honor and merchandise information for you collectors out there. A lot of stuff to get into, so we're going to get right into it here on Shake Them Ropes. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. I'm from for life. <laughs> perfect. Better than perfect. Hello and welcome everybody to this week's edition of Shake Them Ropes. Rob McCarran here, Jeff Hawkins with us as per usual. Jeff, how are you today? In honor of the WWE, we're only going to do this show with half a roster, so I'm going to hang up now and leave. Right. <laughs> I don't know if I'm prepared for that. I don't know if anyone's prepared for that, honestly. New music? Uh, another song. I'm trying some. It's titled Urban Edge, and I figured that might give us some Urban Edge. I wonder what metropolitan urban area that would be edgy in. I don't know. Mm. In Indianapolis? <laughs> <laughs> maybe Indianapolis maybe and you know what if this if the crowd doesn't like this show I'm gonna come out and berate them for being so cold to receiving it and uh, tell them to shut up about the network delay yeah breaking news out of Liverpool yeah, England oh my god Vince uh, Vince McMahon comes out after the first segment apparently so on Smackdown spoilers everybody the opening segment is a highlight reel with Stephanie and Triple H Mm-hmm. With your host, Chris Jericho. Of course. Apparently that segment did not get a lot of response, crowd reaction-wise. So Vince, immediately after, comes out and 
literally chastises the crowd for not making him enough noise. Comes out, makes fun of the Liverpool name, and tries to get them to react a little bit more. There's nothing like reports of showing contempt for your audience. <laughs> I just, I get frustrated with this so often because even though, even though you know it's true, you don't want it to be true, and yet that tone comes through sometimes on the television show as well. And the way they plug things. Shut up about your network delay, you limey bastards. <laughs> we're, yeah. gi- we're giving you WWE product. We came all the way across the Atlantic Ocean for you. Despite giving you a half-assed smackdown that's basically going to mean absolutely nothing. You people need to be louder. And shut up about your network delay. It's a weird smackdown. Sami <laughs> Zayn, though, again, on main event tonight. I have not read the spoilers for the taping. Is there anything of note? Um, nothing of note that we really have to get into today. Okay. It's it's just a further of the story from last night, but uh, earmuffs yeah. just in case. And if I say something wrong, that's been reversed on well, that's, tonight. That's, that's the crazy thing. Out. We'll talk about the Road to Survivor series and what got continued on Raw this week. And nothing, unless they have some stuff going on in backstage segments that they didn't show the audience. Not a whole lot of new stuff on SmackDown. Not a there's, lot of new stuff. There's a, there's a bit of that going on. At times, in terms of editing after taping, isn't there? Yeah. NXT, well, that, Raw. That and the fact that we still only have three matches for Survivor Series with one week to go, and it is not made clear by anything on the SmackDown tapings that a new match has been added. So at this point, we still only have three with one week to go. Don't we have, well, oh yeah, you, you have matches that haven't been announced but are fairly obvious. Do we? Yeah. Well, you have, I can count four matches right now. What would the fourth be? What are your three in mind? Team Authority versus Team Cena. Okay. Dean Ambrose and Bray Wyatt. Okay. Nikki and AJ. Tag team, four-way. I guess. I don't know if that's really that close to happening. I do. You think so? I have faith. Oh, and, and the Bunny versus Adam Rose on the pre-show. Yeah, well, they may not be able to hold it off to the pre-show. They may have to put it on the main show. Not like there's a lot of stuff. We're going to get further into this card and go over what could happen uh, a little bit as the card made a little bit of a tweak. Not really, uh, it wasn't really tweaked, but Raw this week was, again, it was the Ryback show. We've had the Orton show for the last three weeks. Last night was the Ryback show. Um, It was another one of those shows. And we have a, uh, we got a phone call after Raw last night that we'll play a short one. And then a Twitter comment talking about Raw last night too, that both kind of go in opposite directions. So it might've been one of those shows where some people liked it, uh, some people didn't. Um, but we'll go into all of that. What what overall did you think of Raw uh, this week on the road to Survivor Series? Okay, this is going to sound weird. I admired the effort to have an overarching storyline. Mm-hmm. I just thought everything about the execution on both teams was wrong. <laughs> I especially Ryback. And and I'll tell you why. Please do. Um uh, thanks. The floor Ryback, is yours. Will you stop and just let me talk? <laughs> God. Ryback Go ahead. Is, oh, you son of a <laughs> All right, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Go ahead. Stephanie sucks. Oh, um <laughs> but we'll get into that later too. Um, Ryback is a guy who you're trying to rehab his image. When you brought him in 
uh, post Nexus to give him that first singles push. You were pushing him as a as a, as a white mate baby face. Yeah, he was getting Goldberg chance, whatever, and he t- got turned on the t- on the turn on a turn of a dime. Sorry for that uh, terrible grammar, mm-hmm. but um, you turned him because you were short um, a major player in the feud, and you had him feud with uh, CM Punk. Fine. And then he becomes a Heyman guy and he gets, you know, relegated in the right backsell team, et cetera, et cetera. So after this injury, you've now brought him in for two weeks. And after two weeks, he appears to turn. And then over the course of the night, he turns back. You've lost all the goodwill in that initial reintroduction, in my opinion, by having him slam John Cena. He's become basically now, you know, not not to this extent, but he's, you know, he's the big show Mark Henry type. Who He's a big guy who can turn at the drop of a dime. I, I think you could have kept the suspense of Ryback with what team is he going to be on without getting him physically involved. And you could have probably given a little bit of character development to Jack Swagger here. Have him be the guy who's going to slam Cena. Have him get mistreated by the authority throughout the night. Have him come out to make the save and get him destroyed and knock him out of the storyline. And you've done him some good as opposed to what you did with him now, which is eh, he basically made him a geek, which he is. But you know what? He's still a geek with potential and a lot of wrestling skill. Um, Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I don't know if anybody, you know, I've, I've been avoiding reviews heavily, but I don't know if anybody really disliked the move. As much as I did, I, I don't know. You tell me. Well, let's uh, let's play this call from Brian, who had his thoughts on Raw, and then okay. read this tweet because it'll it'll bring us into kind of what I wanted to talk about with, you know, how we had this overarching storyline as you mentioned. So let's play this call from Brian here and shake them ropes. Hi, this is Brian Collins from uh, Duluth, Minnesota. Just calling in to get my opinion on tonight's Raw. Sadly, I think. Each week, the show just gets more and more unwatchable. As a matter of fact, about halfway through, I just threw it on mute and threw on Dragon Gate's Gate of Destiny 2014 and much more entertained by that. Not just with the wrestling, but their ability to storytell. And I just think that Survivor Series, that traditional Survivor Series match is just taking up way too much time. And the rest of that pay-per-view is just going to be pretty lacking with all those big stars in that main match. So that was a negative review of Raw okay. last night. Turned it off in the middle of the show to go watch a taped Dragon Gate show. Mm. Parker Holland on Twitter writes, Raw had a defined, bin- be- or excuse me, a defined beginning, middle, and end. The best show in months. Why do what? you think it isn't like this more? So Parker was a fan of Raw. And I can see where he's coming from because, yes, we had this story about which team would the Ryback be on. Yes. I admire them for giving a character some development. Yes. They failed at that development. I agree. Big time. And uh, he asked, why do you think it isn't like this more? Well, first of all, we're right now still in that slow period of WWE. It's like the off season. We have a lot of stars missing. We had half of the crew on a SmackDown house show last night. So they really had to fill time. And their way of, their way of filling time this week was making it all about the Ryback's decision and putting Stephanie and Hunter on TV a lot. Yes. And because it's the main event angle and because it's about Hunter and Stephanie, it's 
it's a priority. It's a priority. Pretty much. So that's why it seems like it's a more, it, it's, I think it's a false flag. I think, I think it's or a false front. I, it's a more watchable show. It's not necessarily a better show per se, but it is more watchable because if, if you watch WWE as your male soap opera, it was a, it was a thorough storyline for three hours. I, I like the overall premise of what they tried to do. Like which side is yeah. this returning monster going to be on? But the mishandling, why does he have to come out there and he gives the spine buster to John Cena. He does not effectively say he's joining Team Authority because he leaves on his own. Yet Michael Cole, who can read minds, tells us it's obvious that he's joining Team Authority. And then we get backstage segments, which pretty much cement that. You know, he's on Team Authority, blah, blah, blah. All the guys come in one by one and they just rub him the wrong way. So he starts to rethink his decision. It's like... I don't know how many people will get this reference. Maybe nobody, but Billy Donovan, who's the men's basketball coach at Florida. I think he went to Kentucky. Was it for like five minutes? And then he decided, you know what? I don't want to be here. I'm going back to Florida. That was kind of, it's like someone who started a new job and realized, why did I do this? And just wants to go right back. I believe it was the Orlando magic. Maybe it was the magic. I think- um, no, I agree with you. And, and yes, that is a heel turn. He, he said, they're the guys who pay me. Right. And he spine busted him, which to the kids makes him a heel. Yes. And then over the course of the thing, he, 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 you know, he starts to regret his decision because he's getting bullied by the other team. So, so team authority, yeah, team authority here is. And so now, now you have a guy on Team Cena who you can't trust. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> that's the thing. First of all, yes, you can't trust him because he's already, you know, he's given you the spine buster once. But you know, John Cena can get over that because who hasn't given him a spine buster in his career? Everyone's gets, beating up John gets, Cena. Yeah, he gets over title losses. He can get over someone spine bustering him for money. I assume they finalize him being on Team Cena tonight because did you know that after last night's show, despite Michael Cole telling us it was obvious again that the Ryback was on Team Cena, he actually wasn't. Mm. He was not on Team Cena. As the SmackDown preview clearly states, who will be the final member of each team? Mm. So SmackDown's got to finalize that. I assume after last night's Raw that Luke Harper will be the final member of the team, uh, Team Authority. Yeah, and <laughs> about this Team Authority. Yeah. Well, before you do that, let me finish this thought on Ryback. Because Go for it. Michael Cole, the mind reader, again, tells us obvious <laughs> that the Ryback is now on Team Cena. Who's to say Captain Team or Captain John Cena wants him at this point? You know, if you're John Cena, do you take this Ryback guy to be on your team after the shenanigans he... Uh, he gave you on Monday Night's Raw. I don't know if I pick him. I don't know who else you're going to pick. But what are you going to do? So it's effectively uh, the Ryback will be the final member of Team Cena. But yes, we got the return of Luke Harper last night. And I think the way that they played his promo on Raw, the I promo came during Dolph Ziggler's entrance. Mm-hmm. That's your post-Survivor Series program too, is mm-hmm. Luke Harper and Dolph Ziggler. I agree. Uh, let me let me circle back real quick to Ryback because we we we've now both done this. Um, do you think that Ryback has lost all the momentum and goodwill that he, they had been building the past two weeks? Now I'm fine do with think, this. Do you think Do you think he can get it back? I'm fine with this just becoming the Ryback show on this episode. Stone, stone Cold Ryback. Um, I mean that's what they were going for. He's he's I a know. man with no sides. I'd almost rather them actually not put him in the main event at all and just have a a singles match at Survivor Series and squash somebody. 
and have him be this lone character and find someone else to be the fifth member of the team. Don't think they'll do that, but I'd rather them go that direction. Um, I don't think he lost. Well, I think it was a hiccup. Their goal was to still have Ryback as a babyface and be that big babyface on the main event side. They didn't realize that him doing that initial turn was going to hurt him. I think it did a little bit, but again, we, I, I complained so much when Rusev got jobbed out by the rock mm-hmm. and now it's a month later and it really didn't matter that much. I still think they should have done it, but it didn't I matter think, that much in crowd reaction terms. I think they're trying to turn him into that shade of gray anti-hero. And I don't think that's going to fly with Ryback. Well, they've done it before. Well, they've done it before, but it didn't work then either. I mean, no. that that's just it. I mean, they, they, yeah, they, Ryback's now a guy that will just turn it at any given time now, or you're you're expecting it now. You need you need to do this with someone with some moral questionability that you weren't trying to rehab, and that would be Jack Swagger, in my opinion. In my opinion, that that would be the guy to do it. You can, you know you can have some vignettes throughout the show with him and Dutch talking about things and whatnot, and then you just destroy him at the end. You take him off TV, and he returns eventually you know, to get revenge. I'm, yeah. I'd, I'd have been fine with that. With Ryback, you just kind of go, ah, so next week, what's he going to do? Is he going to beat someone else up just randomly? Oh, now he's a team player? When's he going to turn again? It's kind of like how we were anticipating with the Mark Henry Big Show angle. Okay, which guy's going to turn and win? Every week you're just looking for the turn and you were expecting it. The audience was going to get ahead of you anyways. Did you see the Ryback and Curtis Axel break up from Superstars? I did not. You got to go watch that. I wanted to get the audio on here. But, yeah. Was it a tearful farewell full of hugs and candy? Um, and kisses on the cheek? It was, it was a little three-minute. It was just two friends who hadn't seen each other in a while. They meet up. Curtis Axel's kind of on the downslope. He had just lost to Adam Rose. Mm-hmm. The Ryback, you know, comes in saying, you know, I, I started a singles career without you. I'm sorry, buddy. And they have this meaningful breakup. They just decide to go their separate ways. They talk about eventually teaming up again because all the great tag teams team up again, like Barry Horowitz and Maven. Oh, and Ryback, they start saying Rybaxel over and over. Rybaxel. Rybaxel. And Ryback says, we'll get back together and lose. And they laugh and they go their separate ways. Ryback screams perfect off camera. And then off camera, Axel says better than perfect. And they celebrate. <laughs> Actually, sounds kind of cool. I'm not doing it justice. If you did not see this from superstars, go watch it. It's three minutes long. The Ryback breakup. Sorry. I couldn't get the audio here, but it's, uh, it's good stuff, but yeah, I, I, uh, I'm fine with Ryback going his way. I don't think they did a very good job. I think their intentions were good. They just didn't execute very well in the Ryback buildup last night. And yeah, I, I assume he's going to be on the uh, Team Cena team. We have Luke Harper. Uh, as far as the Survivor Series main event, because we'll run down the, the entire card that we have, which is only three, possibly four matches right now. Greg on Twitter said that he thought Triple H and Steph were unbearable and not in a good way. I don't know if there's a good way to be unbearable. I'm not sure. But Greg thought they were unbearable last night. What did you think of Stephanie just overpowering everyone on the show? terrible i was not a fan and there you know it was more playing to the back of the room when subtlety would do i i think 
I agree it was not a good Stephanie show. Oh. Remember last week on the show? She looked great. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, last week on the show, I was praising how Lana stood up to her. Yeah. And didn't give her an answer. And she was going to have the power and Stephanie didn't have the power here. Well, apparently someone, uh, apparently probably Stephanie said, you know what? She should have cowered down a little bit more. So they hyped that up on Raw last night. Lana and Rusev were afraid of Stephanie. No, I know why they were doing it. They're gonna it's it's to sow the seeds of discord because eventually Rusev's not gonna listen. I think he's gonna get DQ'd or counted out. Which is fine. But the way they did this was stupid. I mean, if you're Lana, who are you more scared of? Vladimir Putin who kills people or Stephanie McMahon? You could do <laughs> You could do this angle a better way. That's oh. all I'm saying. You could be far more subtle about it and sow this because they're sowing seeds of discord between Hunter and Stephanie as well. Well, yeah, they're they're doing the dis uh the dissension with everyone, but Lana was quivering. She was afraid. She could have just stared blankly back. Like, who does this person think she is? I would have walked off. I think screw you. Lana's a really good actor. I think in terms of WWE and people that are on that TV show, I don't know if, I don't know if she was eh, given the right reaction last night. Cause I want to see this Lana and Rusev who do not take any, snark from anybody even the bosses i think stephanie's chewing too much scenery and being too angry and aggressive on this when it should be there should be a little bit of fear involved in this i want to see a little bit i want to see her show a little bit for lack of a better term a little bit of ass on this and and be frightened that everything she's built is going to go away that's the problem but there's there's not enough logic here with the authority for me i mean if triple h's whole career and legacy is on the line here he should be the general leading this group. I mean, <laughs> yeah, your theory, and, and, and your theory that he was going to wrestle on this show is pretty much out the window now. It's pretty much out the window, and it shouldn't be. That that it's the logical call. It's it's it, this is a supervillain group, and and Triple H is Lex Luger now, or not Lex Luger, Lex Lex Luthor. Now you're building the Legion of Doom, <laughs> and you want to face the super friends, and you're trying to win. You're recruiting allies and friends and people of similar people that you kind of know, and that was the problem with the Legion of Doom. You know, you got Brainiac, World Conqueror, fine, Gorilla Grodd, mind controlling ape, cool, Black Manta, Black Guy who wants an underwater kingdom, some world domination, fine. And then you hit a level where it just doesn't make sense. I want Solomon Grundy, an uncontrollable zombie, on my team. You know, who, you know who's inviting the Riddler? How is he the world's greatest villain? What, what guy who leaves clues everywhere? No, 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 no. You know, you, you don't put first rule of law school is you never ask a question you don't already know the answer to. So why are you trying to recruit right back here? <laughs> um, you know, I would have liked to seen vignettes of guys rejecting Hunter at some point too. You know, his friends, Kevin Nash, maybe yeah. in, a, in a cameo. Why, why is there not at least one promo where you're trying to buy off Brock Lesnar since he's in it for the money? I get the discord between him and, and Seth, but but this is your legacy and you're the authority and you're trying to make this happen and stay in power. You're at least giving the offer. You know, it, it's kind of weird. <laughs> Do you think this island of misfit toys is what's going to protect the legacy? I mean, going to protect the authority? Yeah, they're banking because on the wrong team. Be- because because you you made them pretty much inept and whiny yeah 
So you you haven't made them competent bad guys. You haven't made them, for lack of a better term, villains with a flaw. And they were trying too much to harp on the flaws, the discord part, and hammer it too hard, I think, as opposed to it being very, very, you know, a little bit, I mean, we're here on a mission, we've been paid off, whatever, whatever motivations each guy has is fine, we're trying to gel together now. And maybe it's not on the same page, but we're working on it, but there's a flaw in there, maybe it's arrogance, Maybe it's, you know, pride, whatever. It's there, and it's undermined, but you don't have to hit it over the head with a hammer. And they, and that's what they were doing with Stephanie here. Stephanie's anger and whatnot is going to basically drive Rusev away in some way and ruin it for everybody, including Hunter. Well, in my opinion. Let's get to the real news from this Raw. The, Bree with the, the sexy Reservoir Dogs look? The big story from Raw okay. last night... Renee Young has a stalker. Oh, God. Is that your news? Eric Rowan comes out looking for Renee Young. She's nowhere to be found. I guess that's what they're going with. Okay, so who's going to be the first person to threaten Renee and then turn Rowan heel? I mean, face. Uh, This is is George the Animal Steel all over again, isn't it? Sure. Um, Okay. But who could... I shudder to think, I don't even want to think of who Rowan's first program will be with because that means we're going to get a Rowan program. Um, I don't know who would be the guy that goes after Renee Young or gets in the way of Rowan's conquest of Renee Young. It was the last time this kind of idiot savant storyline worked. I don't know. You know, Festus didn't really work. Eugene wasn't. Eugene to a point kind of worked a little bit. Yeah, but but that was mostly to get guys like The Rock and Hogan major pops rather than help Eugene out but necessarily. I don't, I don't see them making Renee Young a character on the show like this. So I don't know if this is just a transition to get Rowan into a program or if it's something that's going to go longer. Like you don't see Renee Young becoming any no. sort of spokesperson for Rowan. No. No, I think she stays an announcer, but I think it is the transition to get him into a program somehow. Someone mistreats her at some point, and he gets mad. I don't know. Hey, she's she's announcing superstars, so maybe the big whatever happens happens on superstars. I just don't think announcing is her strong suit, judging from NXT. But She's not that great. No. I don't know if there's anyone even trying to to promote the idea that she is that great outside of WWE. I think people who are Renee Young fans who want her to succeed promote her as being really good. I mean, I, I, I just kind of find her a bit unbearable at times on the NXT broadcast, really trying a little bit too hard to force certain things. But, you know, maybe she'll get better over time. I mean, she kind of has to sitting next to Byron Saxton, who's mm-hmm. doing nothing. And I get that. But, you know. Before we get into uh, running down the Survivor Series card, because next week we're going to do our preview and predictions, so hopefully we have a card uh, by then. You losing just like fantasy football, as I my lo- my one tweet says. <sighs> yeah, <laughs> I lost to uh, Rob the Nerd. No, that's who the tweet's from. He I, goes, "Ask ask Rob how much he likes getting beaten fantasy football this week." Garbage time. Okay. Garbage time. That's yeah. enough of that. Yeah, but he also says on Twitter that he hasn't been a fan of WWE since SummerSlam. Hasn't been a fan of anything they've done. And I think a lot of people are starting to 
maybe not starting to feel that way, but are continuing to feel that way until they really get into the kick of WrestleMania season, which could happen, you know, somewhat towards the end of December. We may not really get any juice until after Royal Rumble, for all we know at this point. Um, before we oh, move it's on, a, it's, hold on, it's a circle of life. We'll mm-hmm. all have faith for WrestleMania, and then the Raw after will be excited about the new stars they've created, and then by summer we'll be disenchanted once again. The Raw after, we're going to get the surprise debut of Charlotte. We're going to get, <laughs> we're going to get Sami Zayn coming up there. I don't know. Oh um, yeah, all the guys are going to bring up. Oh yeah, all of them. Um, Which, oh, well, if we get into NXT, we'll we get will. It. We're going to preview okay. this week's edition of NXT. Uh, but before we do that, Kofi Kingston had his debut promo last night for the New Day. Uh, so now we have, oh, Zav- really? we have Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston in did a I, New Day. Hold on. Did I miss that? Because I thought they just replayed the Xavier Woods one twice. Nope. The second one was Kofi. You racist. <laughs> At least I didn't say it was Elijah Burke. That's true. You didn't. Um, yeah, so we had the Xavier one replayed, and then later in the show, they debuted a new one where it was uh, Kofi standing his back towards the camera until the very end when he revealed that it was Kofi Kingston, as most people probably thought it was Xavier. Mm. Um, so, yeah, we have Kofi Kingston confirmed for this A New Day uh, deal. Maybe Big E coming up next. Uh, but, yeah, it looks to be that we have a new tag team in the midst of WWE. The as- yes, the aspirational black males. All righty. Uh, let's get into the show, Survivor <laughs> Series. The main event, of course, Team Authority, Team Cena. Right now we have four on four confirmed with uh, Luke Harper and the Ryback probably finalizing those teams. I could be a team player. Okay, sure. Come on. It's just my future. Come so, on, Luke. To me, I don't... Bastard. I mean, I know he's been just a mid-card guy the whole time, but with this oh. reintroduction of Luke Harper, because I don't see Team Authority winning. Maybe no, they do. do I. If they can... Because I think Randy Orton's playing a playing a part in this finish. I just sure. do. I hope he does anyway. And uh, I already have our new authority picked out, so as I've told you, so continue. Yes, Brad Maddox and Cameron. Uh, no, Mr. No? Heyman. Not quite? Okay. Mr. Heyman. Dean Ambrose versus Bray Wyatt. Nikki Bella <laughs> versus AJ. Mm-hmm. So that leaves a good two hours of time to fill. Right. Unless they start something on main event tonight with Sami Zayn, I don't see them shoehorning in an NXT match at this point. Neither do I. So I don't know what they do there unless they do Tyson Kidd, Sami Zayn 3 mm-hmm. on WWE TV. Uh, we have... I was thinking they were going to do Miz and Miz Dow against the Rhodes. Just keep it to those two teams for the titles. And then put the Usos and the Los Matadores together? Put them in something. Because you have... If you do those four teams all in one match, what else do you have? You have a Diva Survivor Series match, possibly. Probably. And then what? There's no one left. New Day debut match. Could do that. Uh, but you could also do that against someone like the Matadors or the Usos. You could. Or Slater and Titus O'Neil. True. Yeah, let's see. You have uh, Hornswoggle versus uh, the Bull in some way. <laughs> Oh, God. Probably. What'd you think about Hornswoggle as the uh, third Miz? Hornswoggle's a hell of a performer. I thought it was funny for one night. I think he's really good in the crap that they give him. It was was a cool-looking entrance. Yes. It was a cool-looking entrance. Once you get past the entrance, I don't know if there's anything there. There do I. Um, But yeah, I hope they add something to this Survivor Series, because right now it's looking like a, 
What can you possibly fill in there? Let's see. The best two of three, Tyson Kidd versus Justin Gabriel. Uh, see, a bunkhouse stampede. Maybe a war games in there. I don't know. They, they, uh, maybe a Cesaro match in there. Could do something with Cesaro. A blow, a blow off Cesaro match that's not going to matter to anybody. Maybe a swagger match that's not going to matter to anybody. Even though he's been knocked. He, no, <laughs> swagger, swagger can't appear because he's been knocked out. Right, he can't. Because right. the whole reason he's not in the main event is because he was injured. Right. Although, what do they care? You know? A gobbly gooker sketch. Uh, maybe the return of Santino. Yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, why not? <laughs> I just do every weird thing. I mean, what is going on here? Um, let's get into NXT. Yes. Because we can guess and guess and guess, but I have no idea what they're going to do with Survivor Series. So Finn Balor debuted on last week's TV. Mm-hmm. Impressed by the debut? I was thrown by the debut. Thrown? And I, and I wrote you why. Because originally, oh, I think I did, or at least Go we ahead. talked about it a bit. Yeah. Because I remember reading about the taping, and they said they kind of did the same thing they did with Hideo Itami, in that they took his past name, Devitt, and then they morphed it into the Finn Balor name. Yes, they Balor, did. Or however you... Balor. Balor, Balor thank you. Uh, I don't mean to mispronounce. I was just excited. I put the wrong syllable on the... Uh, Sorry. Um, <laughs> but they didn't on the, the actual TV show. Yeah, they, they, didn't do that. they just kind of allude to, we all know who this is. And, you know, a lot of people didn't know who that was, to be honest with you. Well, uh, um, Rich, I think. Rich Brennan, who's the main announcer, is not good with this stuff yet. Now he's learning. He's no Tom Phillips, and that's saying something. I think Albert was the first one to say it. Albert said it too. And he's not good with this stuff either, because Albert hasn't been involved with a major debut like this, except, I think, for Hideo Itami. Right. So he doesn't really know how to put it over, because who is he learning from? Is he learning from Rich Brennan? Who no, I think he was himself? probably. I think he was probably told told that right. to so, say that on on in the headset. Now you don't have to be good with debuts. This is you're in NXT. This is where you practice putting right. over a strong debut. So I'm I'm fine with that. But yeah, live for us, they it, the arena went black. The Prince Devitt name appeared on the TV, or on the big screen. The crowd went nuts, and then it slowly morphed into the Finn Balor. The lights went on, and Devitt comes out. So they kind of did some weird editing there because they played the initial pop in a different part of the entrance. When Finn Balor actually comes out, that's where they played the initial pop. So it was edited. I don't know if it was for time or if they just didn't. Maybe they decided that we don't need to show his past name. You know what? I need to backtrack a bit. I got the quote wrong, I believe. I think the quote, the exact quote, well, it might have been after... The initial quote. The initial quote was, we've all been hearing a lot about this guy. We've heard a lot about Finn Balor. Yeah. Well, maybe they right. have. The audience hasn't. Yeah, nobody else has. Nobody knows who the heck he is. Now, so, the thing is, anyone who knows this is Prince Devitt doesn't need the Prince Devitt name to be on the screen. No, but it goes back to the same thing JR said today in his interview with uh, Wrestling Observer, if you've listened to it. I don't know if you have, about getting about getting the New Japan job. That's not the audience you're introducing this character to you're introducing it to a wide audience so some explanation may be necessary the hardcores are the hardcores they're going to know their stuff right. you need to you need to talk to 
for lack of a better term, the hoi polloi, those of us who, you well, know, who may not be as up and, to it. And, and exactly, to play devil's advocate there, do you want to confuse those new fans by showing two different names for this guy? No, but if I want to do further research on who this guy is, you can give me the old name and I can go look it up. If I want to take that much time, I mean, you're not going to... Are they confused with... Is anybody chanting Kenta now? No. Okay. You said it yourself. They, they will... The, the, the crowd will adjust to it, and the people who are watching at home will adjust to the crowd. All right. Yeah. But they did that live. They definitely showed the Prince Devitt name live and then morphed it in. And for me, that choice... My, my faith in Triple H is shaking a little bit about NXT on a couple things, because... We hear certain things, and then we get the opposite. We've been hearing for years we're going to get a rebuilt tag team division out of NXT. We haven't. We heard on the last conference call we're going to we're going to we're going to adhere to these guys' histories. We're not going to deny that these guys existed elsewhere and whatnot. We're going to use that. We're going to fold it into to the to the product of of, of how how we use them in WWE and whatnot. Well, that lasted exactly one person. So. <laughs> you know, I, I I think Triple H may be telling us what we want to hear at times. And I yeah. don't know if it's entirely factual. Well, I don't know. I I thought the debut came off okay. If I wasn't if I wasn't there live and knew what actually happened, I could I could put it aside. Uh the big questions now are gonna be how they use Finn Belor uh going forward. And those who are watching NXT this week will get to see his first match in WWE because he is wrestling on Thursday's show. Finn Balor and Hideo Itami take on Tyson Kidd and Justin Gabriel. This show will also see the Lucha Dragons go up against Wesley Blake and Buddy Murphy. Sasha Banks versus Alexa Bliss. This is the match where Alexa Bliss gets bloodied. So we'll see how they handle that. And then the NXT title will be on the line in the main event. Adrian Neville, Sami Zayn. This mm-hmm. is, from someone who was there live watching this show, I will tell you, this is a must-watch show. Excellent. This is I'm a looking forward to it. must-watch show. Two very good matches. Sasha Banks on the show, always a plus. Uh, the Lucha Dragons tag is okay. It's not a focus of the show, but it's all right. And then, uh, yeah, we get the build-up towards... NXT TakeOver Evolution. So uh, a must-watch for you NXT fans. You know what else now is interesting as a tie-in to the now? WWE? Sure. Just to, you don't need to be that kind what, of... What uh, else is interesting, Jeff? Well, it was just, it popped up. Go they're, for it. They're the main guy, one of the main guys they're promoting on NXT has a lone wolf gimmick. Uh-huh. They just gave that gimmick to Ryback. Yes. Baron Corbin... They they seem to be developing these gimmicks in NXT, seeing what works, and then giving it to someone else. Although, the Ryback was kind of already doing this. He's just doing it on a larger scale now. Because he was this guy. This is the same Ryback that we got when he first made his debut. Just people forget it because he's been, you know, a joke for the last year. Hear me out here. Do you think there's a possibility... That they are just incubating ideas in NXT and guys on the main roster are watching or writers are watching 
and they're pitching these ideas to the old man who is unaware of these ideas in NXT, and then they're using them. Oh, absolutely. Finishing moves. Absolutely. Uh, uh, angles and whatnot. Okay. Yeah, because you're not if you're not on WWE TV, you we ain't don't nothing. matter. Yeah. And even if, even if you're part of the roster, well, then again, <laughs> never mind. Um, yeah, and and I read something. I don't think this is true, but that NXT is basically there to be the world's most uh, recognizable indie promotion, and that these guys aren't real. That this this hoarding of talent aren't necessarily to bring them up to the main roster, well, because they're it- not necessarily, or, or at least. The indie guys are there to build up the guys that the WWE really wants, which are the big size football player well, type dudes, etc. There's a lot of reasons for it because, yes, when you bring in 70 different people, not even half of them ever are going to make WWE TV. It's just not going to happen. Now, they know that going in. They, they don't know who's going to be a big star until something with them happens. Is the idea to keep them on NXT just to keep them away from other promotions? No. And they want to see who's going to be a star. They'll bring them up eventually. They're not going to bring up everybody. But at the same time, you have this... NXT is one of your few live properties for this network. And if you're going to push the network, you want a live show on there. So you got to keep some star power on NXT. Or else you're just going to have a bunch of nobodies there and a show that's not worth watching. And that's one less reason for people to subscribe to this network. I think you want to keep some of those guys away from other promotions. I really do. Well, it could be part of that. I don't think it's a big deal because I don't. I, I don't think they're worried about Sami Zayn working for ROH and that being a big kicker to him. Just he's a, he's a, well. I mean, he's a guy who's been a title holder at ROH, so sure, bring him in. Kevin Steen, same way. I don't see WWE taking a look at Kevin Steen, going, "That's a guy we want." Necessarily, I think there's guys who they have their mindset set for them to be a big star in NXT. Okay. And then there's guys who they think might be something in WWE. All right. That's why... No, that's fair. That's fair. For months on this show, I was thinking that they might just keep the Ascension down in NXT forever for this reason. (laughs) Because Connor, first of all, is old. You can just have these guys as attractions for NXT, and they can be your NXT stars. Okay. I definitely think they're just going to keep some people down there. Eventually, certain folks like Sami Zayn might be too big for the place, and you just have to move them up to WWE. Well, it's interesting because they don't do that with women necessarily. Once they're done with women, they see that they're not going to bring them up to the main roster. They get rid of them. There's been a few of those. Like who? Offhand, I'm trying to think of the names, and I can't right now. But there there were a couple that were like appearing on like, Events against, I believe, Sasha Banks and Alexa, Alexa Bliss and, and that ilk. And they were in a program with them for a couple for a few weeks, and then they were cut, and then they had, like, their last TV matches were already taped, and they are off the show. Uh, yeah, I don't think anyone important. Okay, nobody important, but what I'm saying is there's a lower threshold for divas than there is men. I don't know if that's the case. Because okay. I, I can see every single one of the divas right now on TV eventually going into WWE. Like, it's oh, the I, opposite I to me. I can too, but but it seems like they have far less patience for some of them. For some of them, not all of them. Some of them. Yeah, maybe. Okay. Yeah, you. We could. We could be seeing something like that. I don't know if that's. I guess we can do a little bit more on NXT at some point. We'll we'll definitely do an NXT uh, episode going into 
NXT I takeover. There, I would love for there to be a Neville Zane match on Survivor Series. I, would, I really would. I think they tear. I, well, not, I, not those I, two I, specifically, just because of the fact that they're going to have their main event at NXT takeover. Yeah. But, you know, something like that, maybe a tag match with Neville and a partner versus Zane right. and a partner. Ooh. Something. How about two single? Okay, how about two singles matches building up the NXT thing? What? You have like you, you put you put Zane and maybe Tyler Breeze and then uh, Neville and Tyson Kidd God, again. If we, if we didn't think Survivor Series was just one big ad for TLC, now it's a big ad for Takeover. Also, Survivor. Well, why not? I, I, why not? No, I'm not saying why not. I'm just saying it's again. If we're talking about Harper and Dolph Ziggler getting built from Survivor Series and all this other stuff is just leading into TLC because. TLC is only, I believe, three weeks after Survivor Series. Um, one, two, three. Yeah, it's three weeks. So you're going to have three Raws in between Survivor Series and TLC. Survivor Series is just one launching pad into TLC. Yeah. It's your free month of the network. You're just going to push everyone into uh, paying for the network in December because that's when all the big stuff is happening. I don't know if you put two NXT matches on there. You certainly have the time for it. I certainly wouldn't be opposed to it. But let's not get greedy. Let's just try to get one NXT match on there, let alone two. Well, if you're pushing eyeballs to the network, then you you have the two matches to build oh. that you can only see these guys on the network. I agree. Right now. I agree. You should okay. do that. You should do Adrian Neville against uh who? Um Tyson Kidd and then and then put put Zane with Tyler Breeze. And I think those two work better together, in my opinion. Yeah, I uh, I struggle to think of what other two you might put on there because you're not going to put Atami or or Balor on there. Oh right God, now. no, 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 no. These are the established guys right. that are going to be in your main event program on your big NXT show. Put those two over strong. You're going to have Kid and and Breeze look really good in the loss. You know what I do on there? Tyson Kid wins. I do Tyson Kidd against Baron Corbin. Oh, shut up. No, I'm serious. Just a little 20-second squash win for Baron Corbin. Maybe not against Tyson Kidd. No, second not Kidd. I mean... <laughs> maybe maybe not, but you can't do it against an NXT guy because any NXT guy is... It's not going to look good for NXT if Baron Corbin is squashing a guy in 20 seconds on WWE TV. Right. So maybe a Titus O'Neil. Maybe a Heath Slater. Heath Slater actually would be perfect. Baron Corbin against Heath Slater at Survivor Series... 20-second win, promote Baron Corbin, who's a new star. Maybe you get some traction on this NXT guy who eventually could go into WWE. I think that's the match you do. Maybe I think you, could, you, I could think even throw, you could even throw Charlotte into the deep end here. Put her in a match against Natty. Maybe. I, I don't, there's, you got to handle it a certain way. You can't just put the best guys on the show. No. That's but, why I'm thinking Baron Corbin. I don't think they're going to do it. I'm just... Fantasy booking, I guess you could say. Okay, fine. Have have Neville squash Bull Dempsey. Well, Bull Dempsey, you can't squash because he's not that guy right now. All right. Because they're fine. leading. Because you'll see on TV over the next four weeks what they're doing with Bull Dempsey, but right. he's not that guy right now. Darn it. But he's <laughs> he Slater is. I'm just saying that would be that would be something. Are there guys you can just uh, you you know what? How about Neville and Heath Slater? You could do that. That would be that. That I oh god, that Slater. Slater is one of my favorite guys to watch sell for guys. So that would just be awesome. You could do that. Or even, one. Or even Slater and Zane. Yeah. There's, that way you don't have to get rid of the the Tyson kid 
whatever, if you consider this a push, a push with him and Natty. Uh, you alluded to it earlier. Oh, did I? You did. Uh, Jim Ross is indeed going to do play-by-play for wrestling again. Yes. He's going he to t- be the play-by-play guy at Wrestle Kingdom job. 9 for New Japan Pro Wrestling. The one-week dream of me calling Wrestle Kingdom 9 is over. Dashed. Very sad. You know, oh. I, I put it on Twitter. I wrote this on Twitter that I had been spending way too much effort trying to do this job that I knew I was never going to get. Right. I went out. <laughs> I studied a bit. You campaigned, didn't you? I campaigned a little bit. Okay. I campaign. I may have sent an email or two. Uh, really? I, I actually did, and I'll put it up on YouTube. I'll put it up on shakethemropes.com if anyone wants to see me or listen to me embarrass myself. But I did a demo commentary of Ishii and Goto from Power Struggle this okay. past weekend. So Ishii and Goto, hard-hitting affair. I mean... To put it in WWE perspective, if you're a fan of Cesaro and Sheamus beating each other up, well, multiply that by 10 and go watch Ishii and Goto from Power Struggle. But I did commentary for it. Okay. I did play-by-play. Nice. All by myself. And we'll put that up. And I was going to use that as a little demo reel to get the job that I had no chance of ever getting. You can send to other people. I mean, I feel free. I've been campaigning for... People's sexiest man alive for twenty years. Keep getting second place. Yeah, so, yeah. Second place is uh, <laughs> usually you get magazine time for that. I've never seen you. I don't know. No, what to say. No. I was in the back. Second runner up. Um, yeah. So <laughs> Jim Ross is going to be calling that show live from Tokyo. He's not going to be in a recording studio. He is going Good. to call it live at ringside. Good. They have not announced, nor do I think they have a color commentator for the show yet. No. Uh, yeah, I think that's going to help make or break it as well. Because I I'm, I think from listening to JR, he gets it. He gets that he's going to have to call it as a sport, which he hasn't done in about 20 years. Yeah. Um, I, don't I, get, know. I wouldn't be so I sure get, on that, though. I know. I'm, I'm afraid that because he's done the sports entertainment stuff for so long that he... He may either overcompensate one way or another, which I, I worry about. I think the interplay with whoever the color commentator is is going to be crucial, and I'm wondering who they're going to get. I know who I'd probably choose, but I don't know if he's going to be available. Rob Naylor? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah, they that's get... not who I was thinking. I was thinking Mike Tanay. Yeah, I don't like Mike today doing... I don't like Mike today doing play-by-play, but I think he'd be really good doing color and as, as a kind of a supplement to Ross here. Whoever it is is going to have to be good at telling, because Jim Ross's mindset going into this sounds like he's going to be calling it for new fans. He's not going to be calling it so much as a sport move-by-move move as telling the story about who these guys are. And he'll get plenty of time to do that, because some of these matches are going to be 20-plus minutes. Uh, but that's his mindset. He's calling it for those who know nothing about New Japan. Maybe Morrow? Maybe tomorrow. Um, for a color guy, you got Jim Ross. You don't need another big name. No. I don't know. If- I'd love to get a former wrestler in there who knows how to kind of, you know, who knows who the guys are and could also, you know, if they needed to heal it up, you know, kind of play that role in the color commentary thing. But I can't think of anybody offhand who has that much experience doing it. 
the one suggestion I saw online was Scott Norton, which was no. fascinating to me. But I don't think you know nope. they're not they're not going to give that to an unproven guy. My my fear is Matt Stryker is going to get that role. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Naylor gets it. I don't know if he's actually trying to get it, but uh, he to me seems like the perfect guy. Listening to his commentary on Indies before, uh, he can mix. When Jr. needs help identifying something, he's certainly someone who can help him. And at the same time, working with FCW and NXT for the two years he did or for the year he did, he's a guy who can also just get to the simplicity of it. Yeah, I, I, I'd have no... I'd, I'd love that. That would be a great team to me. Yep. But, oh well, next time, uh, maybe Jim Ross goes back to WWE at some point and they need someone for Wrestle Kingdom 10. I'll be here. Jeff Jarrett, I'm here. I'm ready. Well, you start saying to some smaller indies and you build up your resume. I'm still going to send him that demo. Okay. Because I, I listen to... Uh, I, think global, I think Global Force Wrestling will be a conglomerate, so there might be an, uh, yeah. uh, There might be some sort of uh, promotion there for I'm gonna you. Be, I'm going to be calling a Sanjay Dutt match in a theater near you. IWC Poughkeepsie or something to that right. effect. Oh, yeah. I love it. But yeah, if you're mm-hmm. a WWE fan, Jim Ross... Calling Wrestle Kingdom 9. The main event, Kazuchika. Okada yeah. and Tanahashi. Nice. I just love that name. Kazuchika. Uh, you know, Jeff, Jeff Jarrett may be the color guy. No, he's wrestling on the show. Oh, that's right. Okay, never mind. Yoshitatsu, Jeff that's Jarrett. That's right. That's right. Kazuchika Okada and uh, uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi, the main event. AJ Styles mm-hmm. wrestling on that show. Yes. You're going to have Kenny Omega going for the junior title on that show. Loved his introduction. I it was interesting. And I like Kenny Omega. We're we're WWE centric, so I don't know how many people will talk about this, but we'll just talk. Kenny yeah. Omega is an American who can speak fluent Japanese, and he debuted in the American stable Bullet Club, which by now I think a ton of people know who Bullet Club is because God, when I went to NXT, I just saw those shirts all over the place. Um, yeah, Kenny Omega comes out and gives this like. I don't even know how to describe it. It's the most basic heel promo. Yeah. He's, I mean, he pulls out even the you fools. Like it's one of those where it was a Kung Fu movie. Promo. It was a Kung Fu movie promo as if he was going to be like the American, the English language was superimposed on top and post. It's a shame. Cause if a certain wrestling promotion that never really aired and ever really aired, Kenny Omega would probably be a much bigger name here in the States. Yeah. Kenny Omega. That promo was just interesting. I'm listening to it and I'm like, I think oh my I still God. have I think I still have my non disclosure agreement that I've implicitly signed by buying tickets to said thing, but nevertheless. <laughs> what? There was a certain wrestling project that uh had a lot I, of hype oh, to it I that think never by aired. Now, I think by now you can say anything you want about it. Oh really? Because it's okay, not fine. happening. Kenny Omega won that tournament. Yeah. Alright. Kenny Omega wins. What was it? Wrestling Revolution Project or Retribution? Ret- Retribution changed was the final name. Retribution. Yeah, it yeah. was a great show. I enjoyed it. But, well, there uh, you go. Thanks, Jeff Katz. Appreciate it. Kenny Omega, the victor. Mm-hmm. Has that been out there? Has anyone ever said that? What? That Kenny Omega no. won. No, I just did. You just and broke the news. We may have to edit it. I was keeping it silent because I didn't want to ruin it because I kept thinking it might yeah, appear right. someday. Yeah, right. I'm going to put this it's, on Reddit it's, and it's make that been, the reason. It's been three years because i was dating never mind <laughs> yeah it's uh that retribution project is never happening so i think you're okay so i didn't uh, ask you what you thought of uh jr calling new japan are you excited or not 
it doesn't really bother me because I'm going to get the Nico Nico version, which is internet pay-per-view where you can listen to the Japanese commentary. I'm worried. I'm worried about the show with only four hour window. Yes. Getting the full show in. Oh yeah. Cause I don't think it's going to happen. I know there's a lot of theories about what could happen. And I know, uh, you know, we could not have intermission for no, those new Japan fans out there, but a lot of interesting stuff. I mean, if you're a WWE fan, get, get yourself familiar a little bit with new Japan, you know, American guys like AJ Styles, uh, you know, Yoshitatsu is there now. Uh, it's a lot of cool wrestling. If you're a big fan of Sheamus, Cesaro, guys like that, you'll love New Japan. A lot of big guys doing a lot of big things. And now you have Jim Ross being able to commentate it for you. If you're a big mm-hmm. fan of Jim Ross and don't like Michael Cole, well, now you have a product that Jim Ross will cater to you. And that's New Japan Pro Wrestling. January 4th. It is going to be late. It's at 2 a.m. in the morning. Or you can watch the next night. Uh, at seven o'clock, but yeah, it's, it's a little late, but I'm going to watch the internet pay-per-view version just to make sure I can get the whole thing. And I would not be surprised if it's a little bit less costly as well. Mm. Don't know about that. We'll see. It'll be better on pay-per-view because you can get it on your full screen TV, uh, getting it through the internet pay-per-view version. You cannot get it full screen unless you pay extra. Yeah. Like you have to watch it. One other wrestling-related thing. Go for it. I'm thinking about it. Did you watch the Ring of Honor shows this weekend? No. Okay. I wanted to know how that Briscoe's, uh, Kazarian and Daniels match I, turned out. I thought about going, didn't go. I had a buddy who was going to go, and he decided to go to the Cavs game instead. I, I don't know if the Cavs game was that night, but he did something instead in Cleveland. Um, and then a couple <laughs> of other people that I know that went didn't really uh, say that much about it, so I'm sure, okay. it, was, I'm sure it was good. Probably not a classic. I will have to search that out nevertheless. Yeah. What the first time ever, I believe. Yes, it was. First time ever. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, Uh, I didn't hear as much hype about it uh, after the fact, so I assume it just kind of uh, was was kind of there. Yeah, it was in Toledo, Ohio. So (laughs) things go to die in Toledo, Ohio. No, it's not as bad as Dayton. Yeah, I guess. ROH-wise, it's worse, just because other stuff has happened in Dayton. So this is our schedule. We'll be back next week. Uh, Mm -hmm. November 18th, we'll do our Survivor Series preview show. Mm -hmm. Go through our preview, all the predictions. And send in your predictions, kids, because they have to be better than Rob's. Yes, because I failed again at Hell in a Cell. I was bad. You're Uh, the worst. You can call in your predictions to 260-494-3811. You can tweet your predictions to us, and we'll save them all up, and we'll go over people's predictions on our show. Uh, On Sunday night, the 23rd, we will be back live Yes, for a post-Survivor Series live call-in show at Shake Them Ropes. So you'll be able to listen live. Anything that happens on that pay-per-view, you can come on and talk about it live on the show. So that's pretty much what we got coming up. Uh, those two big shows within the seven-day stretch, all about Survivor Series. And uh, we'll see if Luke Harper wins the whole damn thing for the authority. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it's going to happen. Okay, we'll be right back with Chris Petrillo here on Shake Them Ropes. Bye. Just a reminder that you can get in contact with Shake Them Ropes in a variety of ways. ShakeThemRopes.com has all of our past episodes as well as information on future shows. Follow us on Twitter at ShakeThemRopes. Hit us up at Rob at ShakeThemRopes.com if you have questions, comments, or anything for the show. And do not be afraid to give us a call with your thoughts and comments. 260-494-3811 on the telephone or on Skype, 
Let's Say Things, all one word, L-E-T-S-S-A-Y-T-H-I-N-G-S. You can give a call to our Skype or phone line 24-7. We take calls. We have a voicemail line set up. So if something comes to you and you want to let us know about it, give us a call and we can play it on the next show. ShakeThemRopes.com has all of our contact information. Go there, bookmark it, get our shows as soon as they're released. You can find information on our future shows, including live call-ins. We'll do our next live call-in show after Survivor Series with a special guest. So as soon as Survivor Series ends, you can go to ShakeThemRopes.com and listen live immediately after the big Team Cena versus Team Authority match. Whatever's going to happen, you can comment on it on our live show ShakeThemRopes.com coming up on November 23rd, our post-Survivor Series live show. Go there and you have access to everything at ShakeThemRopes.com. All right, we are back on Shake Them Ropes with a uh, special guest today to talk about an announced partnership between Ring of Honor and Figures Toy Company for... uh, for a lot of different fun stuff that should be coming up, we're here with Chris DiPatrillo, the Chief Marketing Officer of Figures Toy Company. Chris, how are you today, and welcome to the show. Oh, thanks a lot for having me, Rob. I'm doing well. about yourself? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, before I had you on, I was, I was doing a lot of reading up. Of course, uh, last week, I believe it was, an announcement was made uh, by Ring of Honor, by your company, that a partnership was going to be happening for... A toy license, basically creating toys, figures, uh, accessories, a whole lot of stuff going on, which was met with a pretty good reaction from the online community. Uh, I think this is something that a lot of ROH fans have been waiting you know, over a decade for. Um, ROH has been around since 2002. I, there's a ton of fans that still follow the company from all the way back then. And this is the first, as far as I know, the first toy licensee deal for the company. How did the partnership come about with Figures Toy Company? And uh, who approached who? And how long has this been in the making? Uh, this has been in the making for a while. Uh, it was actually myself that came up with the idea to go ahead and pursue Ring of Honor. Uh, a lot of people might be aware that Figures Toy Company had the WWE license for about 14 years. We made the replica title belts for WWE for a long time. And when that deal ended, we do a lot of superhero toys, TV toys. So people familiar with the company might see that we do the Kiss dolls, uh, the retro DC Comics figures. But we wanted to maintain some type of foothold in the wrestling industry, uh, whether it be distribution or manufacturing. Uh, We have a sister site, WrestlingSuperstore.com, where we distribute a lot of that merchandise. At the time, there is also a company, My Face on a Figure, which is also uh, owned and operated by Figures Toy Company, where people can make custom figures. And I had just got done making custom figures of the Young Bucks. I had talked to Nick and Matt Jackson, and just in conversation with them, asked about Ring of Honor contact information, best person to reach out to. Uh, Hunter Johnston um, reached out to him, put me in touch with the right people. And what you see, what you saw last week was the culmination of, you know, a couple of months of just going back and forth, working out exactly what we wanted to do. And this deal is not only just for the toy line, but also Ring of Honor replica title belts, uh, similar to what we did for WWE, WCW, and ECW in the past. So it sounds like you, obviously you were familiar with Ring of Honor. Uh, have you been a fan? Very for, much. Have you been a fan of uh, wrestling for a long time? And how long have you been uh, familiar with Ring of Honor? 
I followed Ring of Honor since their inception, um, working for Figures Toy Company and distributing and manufacturing the wrestling merchandise. I actually got my job because I'm a wrestling fan. I've been with them okay. since I was 19, and I'm 33 now. Uh, I've been a wrestling fan since I was three years old. Um, got started just sitting with my cousins, and I don't know how I managed to remember this, but I remember my cousin coming across an episode of World Class on TV, watching the Von Erics, the Freebirds, and from there it just grew to, you know, the WWF expansion when that big when I was younger, WCW, DCW, TNA. I've pretty much followed everything all my life. Definitely a, a hardcore fan, a hardcore follower. I try to keep in tune with everything. Um, as far as Ring of Honor goes, I have followed them since 2002, been to many shows in the Northeast, keep up on the TV, keep up on the big events. So I'm in tune with not only you know, the past product, but the current product of the stars as well. You alluded to it uh, just a minute ago. Uh, the press release stated that there would be more than just the figures. There would be other accessories you alluded to, replica belts. Uh, any other accessories that fans can be looking out for, like replicas of maybe the ring or banner or anything else that kind of goes along with Ring of Honor? Uh, other than just the belts and the toy line, there won't be anything else at this time. Um, we, actually, I take that back. We are making uh, like championship rings. I like think of them like Super Bowl rings uh, okay. with the Ring of Honor you know, championship belt logos on them. Um, as far as additional accessories, you know, things can and will come out for the toy line. Um, you know, we are going to keep that kind of under our hat. There's going to be a lot of big reveals coming in the coming weeks. Uh, both on our site and on ROHwrestling.com. But there will be a little bit more than just your standard figure or standard belt coming out. Yeah, I got to figure, especially since this is new and and both parties seem to be going into it full force, uh, especially with Ring of Honor this being their first deal, there can be a lot of evolution to this toy line depending on how successful certain aspects are. Um, are you expecting when you release your first uh, items are, as using it kind of like a testing ground, or are you going, you know, full force right from the start? We're going to push it, you know, very heavily. It's going to be available on our sites. It's going to be available on our OHS sites. Um, we are looking at the figures being carried at the events because we think live event merchandise sales would do extremely well, oh, yeah. especially being that this is a first time. Um, the other... The other thing to look forward to, especially for the people that have been fans of Ring of Honor, is a lot of these guys are being made for the first time. So if you're a collector, if you've collected, whether it's been WWF figures back in the day, the current line that Mattel is doing for them, you know, the Ring of Honor guys, there's never been, you know, the Briscoes, there's never been Delirious, there's never been Adam Cole. There's a lot of ideas that can come about that are going to be first time. It's not going to be repetitious to previous toy lines. And that's why I think people are excited, too, because... The current ROH roster and even, you know, past ROH roster is full of so much talent that people love, people adore. They'll buy their DVDs, they'll listen to their shoot interviews, but if they're a collector, they really have nothing to show for it. And I think that's a big draw right now. I think people are going to clamor to get their hands on something like a Briscoe's brother, you know, Jay Briscoe and Mark Briscoe or something like that down the line. Same thing with the belts. You know, ROH does, you know, tremendous business as far as doing the shows and the live events and What's the first thing you see when you turn on Monday Night Raw? There's people jumping up and down, waving their belts in the air. So to have something like that available that they can carry with them to an ROH show or keep in a trophy case at home, it's going to make the collectors very happy. And the uh, the initial response has been really great as far as the fan base. Will you include some of the older style of ROH belts or just what's out there right now? Uh, we have done classic belts for the other companies in the past, so that is something that we would certainly look at with ROH. Um, with this deal, we definitely want to take advantage of any of their history as well as, you know, the modern roster and the modern design. 
So whether it be belts, whether it be action figures, um, you know, we mentioned that in the press release, we are hopeful to do um, what we've deemed to be like throwback action figures, stars that, you know, may not be, you know, currently be there, or, you know, maybe past designs on people that have uh, competed in Ring of Honor. Same thing with the belts. If there's something with a classic design that they're willing to go with, Part of the steel, we are certainly willing to do so because that's definitely been something the collectors have enjoyed in the past. Um, you know, the old style WCW belts, the classic WWF belts were always really popular with collectors, and we hope to cross that over into the Ring of Honor line. I gotta figure that being a part of this company now, and you're the first toy licensee for Ring of Honor, especially being a Ring of Honor fan as yourself, there's gotta be so much creative juice going. Like, we can do this, and we can do this, and we can do this. It's like, where do you start as far as bringing this deal in? Like when you thought of this and the partnership has now come to fruition, like where, where do you start? What is your mindset going in? Like we have to do this right away and we can get to other stuff uh, later. But that's just to me, like, where do you start with all this? That's pretty much how I live my life day to day is just letting those creative juices flow. It's really just a matter of kind of looking at it twofold. You know, you look at it as a business, but you can also see it from a different perspective being a fan. So I look at it as I'm a fan, I'm a collector, you know, I've I've collected toys just as much as I've watched wrestling. So I'm just like anyone who's seeing this press release and getting excited about it. And then I look at it and I figure, okay, what hasn't been done? What can we draw out of Ring of Honor that is going to appeal right off the bat? The belts have never been done. The action figures have never been done. The ideas, the designs, everything. I mean, our team at Figure Story Company, everybody there loves what we do, whether it's a wrestling license, the superhero licenses, we do the Kiss dolls, and we listen to Kiss. We're a fan of everything. So to get everybody in tune, it's just like having a conversation with your buddies, because you'll sit back and you'll look at it, not only from that business perspective, but you're a fan, and you're in tune with it, and you know, hey, if we do this, that's going to stand out. If we do that, that's going to stand out. And that's the key to any good deal, any good sales deal, any good marketing deal, you want something that people are going to take notice of. You don't want that information to pass them by. So with Ring of Honor, like I had you know, alluded to before, just the fact that they have such a core of, I wouldn't say unknown, because everyone certainly knows about the established talent, talent but the, the untapped talent as far as merchandising. You know, we're all familiar with the DVDs and the interviews and stuff like that. So this is really something different. And the creative juices definitely flow because You've got so many guys there. You think about just, you know, what kind of, you know, T-shirt you want them to have, what kind of, you know, what color trunks do you want them to have. So those conversations can go all night when we're batting those ideas around. It's definitely not one strict starting point because the first time we mention something, we could drift off into 10 different directions and have 50 ideas by the time the conversation's over. When it comes to the historical moments or the classic moments, as was alluded in the, in the press release, should fans be looking out for figures from former ROH stars that may have uh, made it big in like WWE or TNA? Like, is it possible to even make like a CM Punk or a Samoa Joe figure, for example? Uh, is, is that something that would be possible to do? Not necessarily that it's going to happen, but is it possible? Uh, it would depend on the person's, you know, deal, whether they're uh, attributed to another company at the time or if they have any type of deal with Ring of Honor. Right now, we are looking at only doing people that do have um, some type of deal within Ring of Honor. Obviously, to do a CM Punk or you know, a Seth Rollins as Tyler Black, we wouldn't be able to do that just because of you know, where they stand in the wrestling world now. Um, but Ring of Honor does have you know, talent that's there that you know, maybe they're you know, Nigel McGuinness, 
you know, for example, he's just, you know, acting, you know, as the authority figure on TV. But to do, you know, a retro Nigel McGuinness figure with a spiky hair, maybe an ROH title belt, those are things that we talk about. Those are things, the, the ideas that flow. Um, same thing with a guy like maybe a Steve Carino or a Delirious. You know, they're guys that you don't see for a while, but you know that they're still there, and they have that history that we could pull from. Um, same thing with the Briscoe brothers. You know, their look has changed quite dramatically through yeah. the years. So, you know, maybe like a retro Briscoe Brothers style idea. Um, these are all things that have been discussed about. Um, nothing has ever been finalized, but we do want to pull, like I said, from that history and see what we can do, work within Ring of Honor's means to work with them and see what we can do as far as the throwback market because the retro figures um, will definitely be a draw. They've always, you know, the classic superstars line that WWE did was always a big hit. With Ring of Honor, going back to the whole, you know, people that haven't been done, not only with that modern roster, but so much talent has gone through there or has competed in the ring at one time and still stuck around that has never seen the light of day as far as being a collectible. Yeah, you mentioned Nigel McGuinness. There's a lot of uh, a lot of wrestlers still in Ring of Honor that have been there for a lot of major parts in the company. I got to, you know, you mentioned the Briscoes. I got to add Roderick Strong in there has been around for almost every single major important moment going back to uh, Generation Next. There's a lot of groups that you could do. Uh, it all goes back to that creative juices. There's just so much that can go on. But when do you expect the first line of uh, action figures or accessories? When should fans expect these to come out? Uh, or when will announcements be made? Announcements should be made through the end of the year. We're expecting the series to come out in early 2015. We're expecting a quarter one release. Um, right now, series one and series two have been confirmed and are in production. So there's definitely going to be a nice amount of talent to choose from as far as you know who you can collect. Same thing with the belts. We're expecting an early 2015 delivery um, and release. Do you anticipate trying to get these in retail stores? I know you mentioned they can be available online in a lot of different areas. Are you trying for retail stores, or is that something that might come later? Uh, that's something that we can always pursue later. Right now, it's just going to be exclusively through our sites and through ROHwrestling.com. And then with with selling these at shows, because I know ROH, they they run live shows, and they'll get anywhere from 500 to you know 1,500 fans at a various show and I go to ROH shows and I see people at that merchandise table at intermissions and you know a lot of stuff gets bought at those shows people sometimes wait for ROH to come to their area to buy anything because they'd rather not buy it online so this toy line might be very successful selling at the live shows do you see this as a big advertising tool for not just Ring of Honor but also yourself like this is just another another avenue you can go into you know fans who go to live wrestling who may not be that much into collecting might start collecting like what what are the mutual benefits that you guys see outside of just obviously making money selling these things initially? I absolutely think it's going to do well with walk-up business. Um, you know, think of it to just going to, you know, whether it's Toys R Us or even like a department store like Target. Things catch your eye. You stop, you look at it, you might think, okay, this is going to look cool on my desk at work or this is going to look great on my shelf at home. So if you have those fans that are waiting for an ROH event to come to town, maybe they saw the press release, maybe they saw the images online. But when they see these things up close, and I've seen prototypes, I'm very proud, again, of the work that our team has done. These figures are going to be very highly detailed. Um, I've gone over that in, um, in the release before. You know, cloth clothing, you know, accessories, you know, miniature belts, you know, the whole nine yards. So if you're at an ROH show, you go up to buy a DVD and you see those figures sitting there, if you haven't thought about it before, I think that that's really going to hook some people. I absolutely think that people will buy these at shows and maybe start a collection that they didn't intend on doing so. Um, also, depending on 
what ROH wants to do, you know, people are always hanging around the shows trying to get autographs, trying to get a meet and greet going on. Those figures would be excellent for meet and greet opportunities. If you've got a wrestler or wrestler sitting before or after a show signing stuff, having a signed copy of the action figure, great collector's item right there. There's so much that we could do with the walk-up business and at the ROH shows that I think will really sell this line even further. So, Chris, you're a fan of Ring of Honor. And if you had to choose, if you were in charge of making Series 1 and it was only going to be one figure, one accessory, as a, as a Ring of Honor fan, what's the one that you want to see produced, whether it's a superstar from the classic era, whether it's a current superstar in Ring of Honor, what's the one figure you want to see that you're most looking forward to? That's a loaded question because I've always loved Ring of Honor. Um, if, if I had to pick one figure... Um, actually, I'm going to kind of trump your question, and I'm going to go with two. Go for it. I would have to say that um, as far as past Ring of Honor, um, not really in the current scene, would have been awesome to have a Chris Hero figure. Oh, um, sure. Just the way that he's traveled the world, being Ring of Honor, you know, his time in NXT, you know, very well known, another guy that has that built-in fan base. But just from a fan perspective, a Hero figure would be absolutely great. Uh, as far as the uh, modern roster right now, big fan of Adam Cole. I think Adam Cole is absolutely excellent um, as far as making the action figure. So much you could do with it. You could have an ROH title belt, a TV title belt, the Adam Cole Bay Bay t-shirt. You could do so much with an Adam Cole figure. And being that he's, you know, a focal point right now, uh, his matches are excellent, you know, great personality. And, again, another guy with that fan base, and I'm a fan of him myself. So he'd be a great figure to do a lot you could do with an Adam Cole figure. I'm not the biggest uh, – I'm not huge into the toy, but I, I've had friends and – I have a buddy from uh, college that was a big collector of just all things like WWE and then TNA um, that I'm sure is looking very forward to ROH stuff coming out. And he still goes to ROH shows. But to me, you're right. Those classic uh, figures as well. Like the Briscoes are current stars. Adam Cole would be a big one. Adam Cole, I didn't really think about too much. I figure a lot of people are out there looking for Maria also. Uh, To me, I think it would be the ROH first uh, world title belt that I think would be like if I was to buy one thing that would be it to me um, and, and it all goes back to just the number of different things you can do with this this isn't like a one-year plan like is there a length of this deal is it something that's going to uh, be looked at possibly to grow or is there a time frame on this right now uh, there's no set time frame. We are definitely looking at this to grow. Uh, ROH has been extremely supportive. Their office staff and the wrestlers themselves, the roster, you know, they've all been activated. They're on social media. They're pushing this. They're fans of this. They're clamoring for it. Um, I saw Maria this past weekend. Uh, I had a booth at a local Comic-Con here. She was also there. She was excited telling me how excited her and Mike Bennett were. Uh, I've seen tweets from Adam Cole, tweets from the official ROH Twitter. Like, everyone is pushing this. Everyone's excited about it. And just from, you know, the behind-the-scenes talk, you know, the emails that I get, the people that I talk to, everyone is on board 100%. We couldn't ask for a better partnership because they are just as excited about this as we are. You know, it's a great growth opportunity for them and for us. It gets our name out, you know, even further into the wrestling market and it gets their name out onto a collector's market where they've never been. They've never been out there, and, you know, we are not going to stop until we help Ring of Honor, you know, achieve another level of success. And I think that not only just title belts for the, you know, the maybe more mature or the adult collectors and then the action figures, they're not only going to appeal to, you know, the uh, the hardcore collector or the people that have collected WWE and TNA in the past like your friend, but you might have a 10-year-old kid who catches, you know, a Ring of Honor figure, whether it's online or he goes to a show for the first time and sees those action figures. 
that kid sees a figure sitting on that merchandise stand. Now he's going to want to buy that whole set. He's going to want those to play with his Rey Mysterios and his John Cena's. And that's a market that I think is really untapped for ROH right now, kind of that family atmosphere, that family market. You know, if you're a father, you're taking your son to a show for the first time, you're going to want to spoil him a little bit. You're going to want to get him a little something. The first thing that kid's going to look at is going to be those action figures and say, Dad, I want that. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be a great avenue for success. Um, Ring of Honor is always geared more towards, you know, the hardcores and the diehard fans and the more mature ones. So I think this deal is twofold. It's going to help get that those items out to that market that's always followed them, you know, people like me and yourself who have been fans of them for years, and for that younger generation or that next generation, that casual fan base that collects WWE figures or has seen the replica belts for, you know, WWE and WCW, and now they're seeing something else they want to add to that collection. They get interested in that product. They'll get interested in the actual Ring of Honor product, start watching the shows, start watching the matches. So the whole circle just works out for both of us. It's, it's a great opportunity for both companies. I was at an ROH show just a couple of weeks ago up in Kalamazoo, and I still, and I saw it, you know, five years ago in the, when I went to a lot more ROH shows, I would see people bring like WWE replica belts to these shows, like whatever they had wrestling related wise. And Hey, if you're going to bring a replica belt now, at least you can make it a, an ROH one. You kind of fit in a little bit more. So that's, that's good for those types of people. Um, exactly. The, the ring of honor deal, uh, I know it's got to be exciting for them. If if I'm a Ring of Honor wrestler, you know, having an action figure made of you, it's got to be a pretty big deal. How how much interplay are they going to have with you? How much are the uh, superstars of ROH playing into this deal themselves on an individual basis? Uh, the roster themselves is aware of you know the, the figures that we make, the prototypes. You know, everything goes through office approval on our end, on their end. Um, the office, you know, Ring of Honor office is free to share with the talent, get the talent's approval on it. Um, I will not say who, but I, I know some talent in particular was very excited the first time that they ever saw this. Um, dare I use the term marking out, but yeah. the talent was very excited. Uh, they did certainly look at it uh, in a positive light. I've heard no negative feedback. Um, I'm not just saying that to pat myself on the back or our company on the back. Everything has really been hitting on all cylinders um, as far as approvals and interest and excitement. It's just, it's, it's great. It's just something that I don't want to say we didn't expect it because obviously, you know, it, we certainly approached everything with a positive manner, but it's just been overwhelming the response because you can tell that they're so happy. Like they're not looking at it just as like another business decision. They're looking at it as an opportunity, which is what it is. Like I said, for both of us, just a little bit repetitive there. Um, there's yeah. just been no negative feedback whatsoever. Everyone has just been so in tune um, as far as feedback goes, bouncing ideas off each other. If they reach out to us, you know, our ears are always open. We work on them with whatever they can, with whatever they suggest. Um, same thing with us, you know, bouncing ideas off them. They've loved some of the ideas that we've had. So it's just a great relationship on a personal level because they're so easy to deal with. They're so laid back. You know, they know where their minds are business-wise but also they want this to be just as big as we hope it will be for them. Yeah. You never, when you're the first one to do something, you never know how people are going to react. And here you are the first company to have this uh, licensee deal with ring of honor. You know, when I started this podcast, I didn't know how many people would one listen or how many people would react. So it's always flattering to get positive feedback. So that, that's good that this is being accepted because that can only help. You know, I know there's fans out there that are really excited about this deal. So they want to see it thrive uh, and, and it sounds like 
all the makings are there for it to thrive. And you've been a big part of that, bring in ROH. Uh, anything else that's maybe flown under the radar that you want to get out there, whether it's about your company, whether it's about the deal with ROH or just fan questions in general? I uh, know. I mean, everything that we are able to release at this time, um, you know, I was happy to speak with you tonight. I know that I've had to keep some things vague by design, um, but we are planning some, you know, very big reveals in the coming weeks and coming months as far as the product line, both of the action figures and the belts. Um, like I said, everything's going to be available on our site, so you can always check figuretoycompany.com, wrestlingsuperstore.com. We've got social media. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. Um, people can even reach out to me. I'm on Twitter as well. Um, we have the uh, the Ring of Honor website, ringofhonorwrestling.rohwrestling.com, is going to be pu- publishing those announcements. So we're going to be all over. We're going to have a very wide social media presence. Um, as far as these updates, they're certainly not going to fly under the radar. Um, for any non-wrestling fans, you know, there's plenty of non-wrestling stuff available on Figures Toy Company. Like I said, we have the license for DC Comics right now. Uh, we have the license for Kiss. We have some very, you know, global brands, some very heavy brands that we make products for. Um, but this Ring of Honor one right now is definitely got the office talking and has everyone talking. We're very proud of that because it's a first-time deal. And like you had mentioned, the overwhelming support right off the bat has been so positive. We have nothing but good things to look forward to once these products do finally hit, whether it be online or in person at shows. Would you like to get your Twitter handles out there? Uh, yes. The Wrestling Superstore is W-R-E-S underscore Superstore, and that is S-T-O-R-E at the end. A lot of people do think that I say Superstar. Uh, as far as uh, my face on a figure, which is where you can order custom figures, um, that is simply at my face on a figure. Um, everyone's familiar with Ring of Honor. Um, just hold this up right here because I actually just got an email right now. I just want to see if there's anything that I can help you with. Let's see. Breaking news here on the podcast. I, I, that's, what, that's what I'm checking for. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see here. Oh, no breaking news. It was just a congratulations email from the company. Hey, there um, you go. That's, that's always <laughs> nice to get. That's always good stuff. I wish I got more um, of those. Uh, the Figures Toy Company Twitter is at Figures Toy Co. So Figures Toy Co. Uh, my personal Twitter handle is at Zach Malibu. Um, that's also my name that I've used uh, on several other sites. So you can always reach out to me personally if you have anything to say. Uh, I'd be happy to answer any questions that people have um, within reason. Obviously, I don't want to leak anything uh, too early. But definitely just want everyone to stay tuned because there's going to be a lot of good stuff coming out. Um, As you can tell by this interview, I tripped over my words a few times, but very excited about it. Very happy to get the word out for our company and for Ring of Honor because I think everyone's going to be really uh, not surprised, but very pleased with what is uh, in store with us at Ring of Honor. Well, no, I mean, it's I think it's good for fans to hear how excited uh, you would be about this because the passion going into it, I think, is a good sign for what the product's going to be when it comes out. It's not just the company saying, oh, we acquired this license. Let's go make some stuff. It's, hey, let's go make some great stuff that we're really excited about. That's a plus. If I was, you know, as a fan, I want those making these products for me to be excited about it because that way I have a better understanding or a better idea that it's going to be, you know, a very positive product. So that's. I think that's excellent for everyone to hear how excited you are. Chris DiPetrillo, the chief marketing officer of Figures Toy Company, the deal with Ring of Honor. Uh, you can follow them on all their social media platforms. Follow along because this is something that I think Ring of Honor fans are going to be very excited about. Chris, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, thanks very much, Rob. Thanks for having me. 
We'll be back with Shake Them Ropes coming up for the following future shows. Next week, November 18th, we'll be back with a Survivor Series preview as well as talking the ongoings of Monday Night Raw. On November 23rd, we will be live at ShakeThemRopes.com for a special post-Survivor Series live call-in show. All of our call-in information is at ShakeThemRopes.com. We will be joined by a special guest running down everything that happened at Survivor Series. And then after that, we will be back in the middle of that week to talk the road to TLC as there are just a few episodes of Raw before the next WWE pay-per-view, TLC. We'll be talking about the build-up to NXT TakeOver Evolution as well as that TLC pay-per-view and whatever else is happening in the world of WWE. So three big shows to round out the rest of this month. November 18th, Survivor Series preview. November 23rd, the post-Survivor Series live episode. And then later on in the middle of that week, the road to TLC and NXT TakeOver here on Shake Them Ropes and ShakeThemRopes.com on the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. In the world of one million wrestling podcasts, there is a new shining star with great interviews, analysis, music, and, and me, Matt Coon, on total engagement. Go to any podcast platform to listen today. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.